And so it looks like more and more that Aaron Rodgers could eventually be dealt. And it's one of those things of the offseason that we're going to continue to talk about. And we will continue to monitor what is happening with Aaron Rodgers because, of course, we are. There's not much else going on. That's one of the things that we want to see is like what is happening with Aaron Rodgers. It makes perfect sense for Bears fans to be in on this, to see him go possibly to the Jets. If it means if he the only question is if he ends up going to the Jets, when does he end up with the Minnesota Vikings? Does he play two seasons with the Minnesota Vikings as well? Because at some point, the Minnesota Vikings are going to have to give up on Kirk Cousins. They've got to let that, they've got to let that dream go. Because when you look at the four teams that are currently in the conference championship games, you got to have an elite level quarterback unless you're the San Francisco 49ers and you have so much talent around him that the quarterback doesn't matter. But the good thing is the Chicago Bears do have their quarterback, which means they have a lot of maneuverability in the draft. And we're going to talk about that right now is Sammy as we start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means? It is time for Take It to the Rank, the conference championship edition. And, of course, the Bears sitting here watching with great interest as these four teams, the four best teams in the NFL, in my estimation, are going to be playing on this weekend. But, of course, there is still a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of fun in the offseason. I know that uh, spending some time on social media, it feels like we have a little bit too much time uh, before the NFL draft, but we're going to be able to break that down because joining us, as always, from Fox Sports and other things, it's our co-host, Carmen Vitale, who is she? Where is she now? Where is Carmen? <laughs> I'm, I'm in L.A. I'm still in You're LA. in L.A. still. Yeah. What yeah, happened? Yeah. So Sunday, 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 you mm-hmm. an, ended up at a Bills bar. I did. Uh, what, was, what, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, I had no intention of like going for the story or going for the plot. Uh, A friend of ours is a Bills fan. And he was like, and he's in town for a conference. He was like, I need to go to, I need to be among my people. We need to go watch, you know, the Bills. So I was just along for the ride. And then I got there. And as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, I need to share this with people. Like people need to know what is happening here. Uh, And the experience was one I won't soon forget. The people watching was, a one. And I mean, why there's so many Bills fans in Los Angeles, not quite sure. But that bar was we got there like eight minutes after it opened and the bar was packed. And I think everyone was already two beers deep. Oh, so gee. it was <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and yeah, it, it was I think it would have been obviously even more fun if the Bills had won. But uh, yeah, the, the, I, the three I Bengals fans are happy. When did they when did the Bills fans kind of, uh start coming to the realization that their team was not going to win? Because it was pretty evident to me early on. I'm like, oh yeah, the Bengals are gonna they're gonna beat this team. But what was what was the mood like? How long did they hang on feeling like, no, 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 we still got a puncher's chance? I mean, it was well after halftime. So like halftime the halftime mood, you know, there was I even tweeted about this. I was very amused that it was someone's job to turn the game audio on and then during commercial breaks to turn 
music on. And so like music came on for halftime. Everybody's dancing around at this point, very lubricated. Uh, there was a girl next to me that had two, what I thought were Prosecco's that ended up being Aperol spritzes. She was like double fisting them and then taking clear shots in between and like all the respect in the world. That's not something I can do anymore, right. but she, it was, everybody was still having a good time. And I think that really like into the fourth quarter, they were like, Oh no, this isn't really <laughs> going to happen. Is it? They're like, yeah, maybe this isn't going to work out the way that we thought it was going to. And I was pretty confident that the bills uh, we're not going to win. I was uh, in on Cincinnati. I was in on every, I was, I was three and one. I did pick the Jacksonville Jaguars, which to my credit, <laughs> I thought Jacksonville was like, you know what? I'll tell you this. They asked me to do a hype video for the Jacksonville Jaguars on, on Tuesday that went over so well on NFL total access that they're like, Oh, we're going to have you do that again on Friday. And the, the response from the Tuesday one was so overwhelmingly positive. I'm like, there is no way that I can, you know, not pick the Jacksonville Jaguars and kind of ride or die with this team. And to be honest with you, then you kind of reverse engineer it. Then you're trying to find a way. Well, how can Jacksonville win this? Like, let's find the reasons why Jacksonville will win. Mm -hmm. So I did end up convincing myself pretty well. And I was uh, like, literally, like I was already prepping my hype speech because I thought Jacksonville, once they tied that game, they went down seven, nothing. And then they tied it. You're like, oh, they're going to be fine. They're going to end up winning this one. But you know, unfortunately for them, they did not win it. What do you think, though, when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars? And I know that, you know, it's it's it, it's not always going to be apples to apples. And I don't even think that the Bears are going to go to the playoffs next. Oh, I, obviously, I do, because I'll pick them to go to the playoffs. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but do you think, looking at Jacksonville, and you, you look at it like, hey, they got a young quarterback. Their coaching staff's pretty good. Spent some money, free agency in free agency. Ah, how realistic is the Bears to follow for the Bears to follow that model set forth by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, well, I don't know that they are like they're already not following that model because you think of who the Jags brought in at head coach Doug Peterson. That is a guy that was a longtime NFL head coach already had has won a Super Bowl as a head coach and has a lot more experience than uh, Matt Eberflus does. Now, I'm not saying that that means that the Bears can't be successful with Matt Eberflus at all. But I mean, the Jaguars were in such a bad way uh, during the Urban Meyer tenure that they knew that they needed to do something different. They needed to get a proven head coach in there. And we've seen, though, that this culture has just completely done a 180 in Jacksonville. And I think that coaching is what I think they still overachieved this year. Mm -hmm. And I think coaching is what got them to that point. And what, and what, you know, what was got that blah, blah, blah. can't talk tonight. Um, it was what got them that far and what got them in the playoffs. So I had some faith in them too, actually, because oh, yeah. a friend of mine, Mike Caldwell is the defensive coordinator of the Jaguars. Oh, and yeah. He was on the, he was on the buck staff who beat the chiefs in the super bowl. And I had talked to him. I had talked to their safeties coach that had also come from the Bucks, And I was like, hey, I'm like, what do you uh, like? What do you do this weekend against the Chiefs? And they're like, we try to do exactly what we did against them in the Super Bowl. And that was, you know, get pressure with four. Make sure that Patrick Mahomes like feels that. And, you know, if you can get to him, then Travis Kelsey's not open. You know what I mean? Like stuff like yeah. that. And I think we saw them try to do that. And then when Patrick Mahomes got hurt, it was kind of a you know, well, do we switch up our game plan, that type of thing, and try and um, work within the game plan that we already set, knowing that he's not as mobile. 
So I, I, I was giving them a chance. And I think that the bears, you know, I just don't think that the bears have gone that route necessarily. Right. Um, but I do think from a personnel standpoint, there's some stuff to be lessons to be learned as far as, yeah, getting, you know, pretty solid free agents again at those really key positions on the defense or adding a number one receiver. I mean, I don't know that any of us thought that Christian Kirk was going to be a number right. one receiver. I was, I was making fun of it. Yeah. I, it, it, it seemed to work out. And obviously the scouts in Jacksonville, the pro scouts there knew something that a lot of us didn't. So if you can strike gold like that again, yeah, that's, that's, that's another lesson the bears can follow. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking more along the lines of a number one going from the number one pick to the yeah. playoffs. I think a lot of it too, there was a lot of good fortune with the Jacksonville Jaguars because number one, the Tennessee Titans sort of fell apart much to the dismay of our producers here who are huge Titans fans, but also, you know, Indianapolis did nothing. Houston's terrible. And regardless of what we think about the Minnesota Vikings and green Bay Packers, those two teams are going to be competitive next season. So it might be a little bit more difficult in the NFC North, especially with right. Detroit being on the rise as well. Like I believe, like I believe that Detroit's nine wins or more valid than yeah. the Vikings. I don't know how many games they won. 13 where they go 13, 13 and four. Like yeah. I don't think any of that, that's not like whatever. You're a joke. You lost to the Giants. I don't care what you have to say anymore. Um, but let's talk about the Packers though for just a moment. You cover the mm -hmm. NFC North for Fox Sports. Obviously, this being Tuesday night, that means that Aaron Rodgers was on the McAfee show. It mm -hmm. sounded like a guy who is already beginning to move on. You listen to that interview. What what is going on with what? what where is Aaron Rodgers going to be next year? Yeah, uh, he certainly. It was interesting. It's been interesting to see how his the narrative around him or how his internal external monologue has progressed since the season ended. Because at his post game press conference, I was in there week eighteen. Mm -hmm. And he was asked if he had was considering going elsewhere, like if he wasn't going to retire, but he was going to go to another team. And his attitude at that point was kind of like a, well, probably not, but never say never. But like, he's like, I don't like using the word never, but that would have to be, there would have to be a lot that would happen for that to happen, yeah. essentially. Like it seemed very far off for him. And then last week, and then this week, you see like the wheels and the, the things that are being set in motion a little bit more for him to be like, yeah, actually, you know, if, if it's what's best for the, if green Bay thinks that that's, what's best is moving on for me, but I'm still, you know, feeling that competitive fire or however he puts it. Yeah. Then yeah, I'm open to that. I'm open to having those conversations. I'm open to, you know, doing those things. And I think like his shot at, like, if you want to call it a shot at green Bay being like, yeah, I can still play at an MVP level. It just needs to be the right situation. It's like, all right, well, so, so this, this year in Green Bay wasn't the right situation. And yeah. if that's the case, like, what, like, is it something that you, you can remedy? Like, is it something that you can have conversations with Goody and, and with Matt LaFleur and then you can fix it? Or is this setting the stage for him to follow in the footsteps of Brett Favre and go to the Jets? Or, you know, I mean, I think the Jets are Minnesota. probably, yeah, I don't think that's, I, that's not going to happen. I don't, I know. Um, I don't think Questy, Questy's been, uh, you know, he's, he's traded with the Lions. He's traded in the division already since becoming general manager, but I think that's a little one step too far. Um, that being said, they're happy with Kirk Cousins too. I mean, he is, he had, yeah, that's okay. the thing is Kirk is having this, like, he 
is thriving under this like Kevin O'Connell's version of that offense. He and Kevin O'Connell are just so on the same page. He feels so supported. And Kevin O'Connell is the first guy to go to bat for Kirk Cousins. And he lo- he talks about all the time how, you know, they worked together in Washington at first and like how far Kirk has come. And I mean, you look at the stats even, like that was a top three season for Kirk. So it's clearly something's happening there and they're sticking with him. And I appreciate it because I feel like he finally feels that he is. But yeah, I think they're, I think they're more than happy with Kirk Cousins. Besides you paid him already. Like just, just run, run it out. But no, I think the Jets would be um, the most plausible landing spot. Right. I just, yeah, I, I, I mean, really, like, yeah. I asked around too. Cause I was like, we're getting to European soccer levels of like buyout and contracts. Like you're going to have to spend so much money just to trade for Aaron Rodgers, like money yeah. as in like, you know, draft capital players, whatever it is that you end up trading just to have the right to pay Aaron Rodgers all of this money that he is already guaranteed. You're going to have to take on that contract. Yeah. And I'm like, so I was asking around a couple of the coaches I know in the league and I'm like, are teams really willing to do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah. They are. And I was like, my mind was kind of blown that it was just an instantaneous, absolutely, teams are willing to do this. I get it. Well, I get it with the Jets. Like, it makes a lot of sense. If they wanted to make a deal for Bryce Young or one of those quarterbacks who are coming into the draft this season, you're really not putting yourself into a position to win right now where I feel like the Jets could be instantly competitive in the AFC East. If they had Aaron Aaron Rodgers, I would actually think they might be the favorites. I really do. I, I... I, I think that they've got a lot of talent on both sides of the football. They've done a nice job, like really with the draft last season was incredible. Yeah. They did a really nice job. And so I think for them, it makes a lot of sense for teams like Tennessee. I think they're a little ways off. I think that the Indianapolis Colts little ways off. Uh, who yeah. else? Atlanta. I know they don't want to trade them in the NFC anyway. So to me, it's like <laughs> the jets or nothing. And I think that Tua is probably still fine. In uh, in Miami, of in course, Miami, there'll yeah. be some questions about him moving on through the offseason. But at the same time, and I don't think La- I think Las Vegas is set. And if you've, I don't know, I'm convinced now more than ever that Tom Brady is going to Las Vegas. And I've talked to some people really? who are in the know who said that have told me that it's a done deal. And so I'm like, okay, and we're just waiting to see what happens. And so you know, I we'll see. I mean. There could be, you know how these things go. Like people could yeah. be like, oh yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do it. And then somebody gets cold feet, somebody backs out. So never say never. Nothing's like ever a 100% done deal, but it feels like Tom Brady will likely end up with the Las Vegas Raiders if he does play next season. So that does kick down some dominoes and it'll make it a little bit different for the Bears. As Because I know a lot of people get to concerned. Like, hey, what does it mean when these quarterbacks are on the move? Derek Carr, obviously, is going to be out of right. Las Vegas. Again, there's going to be situations like New Orleans, perhaps Miami, where maybe even he goes to the Jets, or maybe he can end up going to the Packers. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of different like what a what a kick in the groin that would be for Derek Carr to end up in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. That would be the weirdest thing. So probably not that one. But I don't think that it it bothers the Bears too much because I think the teams that are going to be looking to draft a quarterback are going to be the teams that, you know, probably don't want to spend up for Aaron Rodgers and what is essentially a rebuilding situation. So it does lead us to uh, what I, what I promised we were going to go over last week. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do it now. We have your mock draft that you oh, did. No. With David. Yes. 
And uh, who you did it with David, uh, forgive Hellman. me, David Hellman. Hellman. Sorry. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Uh, you guys did a mock draft. We have your top 10 and if it's uh -huh. possible, yeah. can we pull up the top. No, listen, but you did no trades. And so we I think no it's trades. very, right. We did, did no, no trades. trades. Is, don't, is freak right. don't freak out. Don't freak out everybody. Don't. We got Will Anderson to the, to the bears followed yeah. by Bryce yeah. Young, Jalen Carter, CJ Stroud. Uh, was it Keely, Keely Ringo? Keely Ringo. Yeah. Uh, Will Levis uh, being the third quarterback, Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, who is, uh, that, that's a name that we should keep an eye out for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Quentin right. Johnson. And of course, by Brian Breeze, Brise, Brise, am I saying that right? Yeah. I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, let's talk about this for a moment. Now, obviously, uh, we're as Bears fans, we're hoping they will be able to trade out and remain in the top in the top four. But so you have Will Anderson ahead of Jalen Carter in this scenario. Why is that? Uh, I'm constantly torn between thinking that positional value is a myth while also kind of paying tribute to it. And an interior defensive lineman going first overall, just, I can't fathom that quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the things where I was like, all right, Will Anderson is by far and away seen as the best edge in this class. Uh, that's a really big, again, if you talk in terms of positional value, you can talk about pass rushers being, you know, the cream of the crop on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So that's why I went with Anderson. Um, you know, I think he is a franchise altering player as, as, as is Jalen Carter. I mean, he's so athletic and I don't want this to be a knock at him at all, but like if you were taking one guy, no trades allowed, that would have had to be Will Anderson. No, it makes sense. And so, but, but if the Bears did trade down, and let's say that Las Vegas, Atlanta, one of those teams at seven and eight, you ended up with Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson. How big is the drop from Will Anderson to one of those two players? I don't think it's quite as large necessarily. I mean, I think that Will Anderson is just one of those sure things or what you think is a sure thing as much as one can be in the draft. Um, but I mean, what, what we're seeing with the edge class is that it's very top heavy. And you have these guys that are that are definitely going to go in the top half of the first round. And if you are talking about a top half of the first round player, you're getting a franchise altering player just by default. So having those guys up there, having that those options at the top of this draft, I think provides the Bears a lot of flexibility, because even if you miss out on Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, then you've got still some really incredible pass rushing talent that you can pick from and fortify the defense a little bit more that way. Uh, and then maybe obviously look to fill maybe that three tech or whatever it is in free agency, if you haven't already. Um, and that's also, I feel like going to be a big tell as to what the bears do once free agency opens. And then we're going to get a clearer picture of what this looks like and where their priorities lie. But I don't think that there's a huge drop off between those guys. I just think that Will Anderson is, I mean, yeah. I've just watched his highlights, but Jesus, <laughs> No, he's a good player. No, and everybody's watched him at Alabama for the last couple of years. So, of course, he's a household name. You might not be watching a lot of Texas games because, you know, that program isn't what it was back in the day. But, you know, still Tyree Wilson is an excellent player as well. And I know a lot of people as they're putting together their mock drafts are not doing trades. We're going to be starting to dive into and, and going in and examining some more, getting some more people on to talk about their mock drafts because there are – there are a lot of options. Uh, I, I think a lot of people think the Bears could end up trading with the Indianapolis Colts. 
And of course, we've mentioned the Carolina Panthers and of course the Las Vegas Raiders. If they don't, if they don't end up with Tom Brady, uh, that could be something. Bryce Young, though, is the number one quarterback coming off the board. How big of a how big of it uh, of a drop is it going from Bryce Young to CJ Stroud? And of course, Will Levis. Once we start seeing, because Will Levis is going to be the Zach Wilson, you know, blow everybody away at his pro day and that type of player. Is yeah. Bryce is Bryce Young though though is he the consensus number one or is there a chance that somebody could be like like if you're Houston, would Houston get nervous? Like, are they fully committed to Bryce Young to the point of like we don't want Indianapolis to jump over us? Or is Houston in a position where like, well, if we end up with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, it's really not that big a deal because we like all three of them. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, Bryce Young is the by far and away top talent. I think that C.J. Stroud maybe made some people second guess that uh, in that playoff semifinal. But uh, that game aside, I mean, you got to go on the whole body of work. And Bryce Young just seems to be the guy that everybody wants to the point that, you know, if Houston is convinced that somebody is going to trade up, like the Colts are going to trade up into that number one spot because they want Bryce Young then yeah, they're going to, they're going to try for that. And you, now you're looking at like a double trade down with, with the bears, which I think would be even more incredible if you go down to the second spot with Houston and then you go down again, um, which would be, yeah, it's going to, I, we're going to see what these teams actually think of these quarterbacks really soon. The reason I put Will Levis up that high, I, I wanted him to go to the lions because I just feel like he's such a Dan Campbell guy and he's got Ooh. like the big arm. He's the tough guy. He's just like, he is the mold of an NFL quarterback, whereas Bryce Young, the only the major knock on him, obviously, is his size. Yeah. And Will Levis is like the Justin Herbert type build of an NFL quarterback. And I think that he just seems to be that really gritty, would fit right into that Detroit locker room. And I also think that Detroit sees that they have Jared Goff as someone who is maybe a little bit more serviceable than they originally thought. And maybe they yeah. can stick with him and maybe they can afford to take a quarterback who is going to be their quarterback of the future, but then let him sit behind Jared Goff. And so that kind of, that makes it not so urgent to have to go and get a Bryce Young or even a CJ Stroud. It's like, okay, this guy seems like our type of guy. We can work with him for an entire year before we need to throw him out there. So like, let's go and get Will Levis and make sure that, you know, he's our guy. Uh, I really like that pairing a lot. Um, yeah. That yeah. No, it's fun. And it is really interesting for the Lions because they can look at it as those one or two ways of like, yeah, maybe we do go like, cause to me, there's not a guy at number six that you're like, oh, this is, this is the player that pushes us over the top. Like right. this is the one that, that lands us in the Super Bowl. You could almost say that Jamison Williams is that kind of player who they had, who they drafted last year, mm. who they really didn't get a lot, whole lot of use out of because he didn't join the team until late in the season. And now next year going in a full training camp and everything like that could be that extra wrinkle to the mm -hmm. offense that all of a sudden takes them to another level. And you've seen, you know, you've seen some quarterbacks. We saw with Brock Purdy this season that if you surround a guy with enough talent that even if yeah. he's a little bit limited, and this is not a knock on Brock Purdy, but also goes to the point of like, you know, if you have a lot of talent, you're coached very well, you can kind of get the most out of these players. I think that the Lions might just be, I mean, the Levis thing is cool because like, hey, if, if the franchise quarterback falls to your lap, that's great. And this is the kind of chatter that we need to start getting out into the universe because we want these teams to be jumpy 
and we want like the Carolina Panthers. Cause I think that, I think the drop down is the like going from two, going to four. And if that's not feasible, you can go to two and then go to eight or, or wherever Carolina is picking, you know, do that kind of stuff and then start picking up additional picks the following year, the following season. One of the, one of the mock drafts that I saw has the bears getting a first, like switching with the Colts, ending up with the Colts uh, first round pick, obviously at number four. And that's where we hope that's where we hope that three quarterbacks go with the first three picks, like a couple of years ago. And then you still end up with Will Anderson. You get the Colts number four pick. So you get Will Anderson, you get their pick number. What would it be? 36, 35 or 36, which is essentially a first round. No, I'm just kidding, but it's a high second round pick. And it kind of makes up for the fact that you've already got, uh, Chase Claypool. Second round, second round picks are starters. Second round Amazing. picks are starters. Like There's, we need to get out of this mentality that the first round is the only thing that really matters. 100%. Well, I mean, like, look at, look at what we did with Brisker and Gordon this year. It's like, right. okay, like we're fine. You're, look what we did in the fifth round. And we got Braxton Jones. Yeah, look at the undrafted free agents. Two second rounders. Jack Sanborn. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think we've, I think Ryan Poles has done enough over one draft to show like, okay, we're, we're fine. We'll, we'll end up with some players no matter where we do. And I'm, I'm assuming we're going to end up with more players as we move forward because of what, um, cause he's just got to move down. There is three quarter. I hopefully, uh, somebody gets jumpy and you know what, no matter what you got to always hope. Cause like Seattle's in the mix too, like yeah, not necessarily sure. for them. I, I mean, obviously Gino played very well, but I think Seattle's also in that same situation as the Detroit lions of like, are they a player away? Are are they? And do you think that Gino is going to deliver them a Super Bowl with that player, or would it behoove them to go out there and get their quarterback of the future and uh, start building around him? So there's a lot of intrigue going on with the draft. A lot of things will be very interesting uh, moving forward. And uh, I do want to point out too that you had our our guy, uh, Skaron Skaronic Peter Skaronsky. Skaronsky, excuse me. Um, going number eleven to the Tennessee yeah, Titans, he's right outside the top ten. Okay. So I know our yeah. producers were like, Hey, like, don't forget. And I'm like, okay, okay. He is going there. That's, that's also another team that could be in the mix for the number one overall selection. Like it's a huge drop obviously right. to go from one to 11, but what that could mean if let's say it was Tennessee is that you would get their first round pick this year and their second round pick, obviously, but you'd also get their first round pick next year. And then you would probably get their first round pick in 2025. So three years of first of extra first round picks. Again, when you look at the Bears situation and you look at the long term plan instead of the uh, the short term short term situation, you're like, nah, that might not be bad either. So that's a that's another team to keep an eye on because I don't think they're going to be in the. I don't think I don't think Tennessee is in play for Aaron Rodgers. I think they're more in line of like, yeah, they got to get a long term quarterback as opposed to uh, especially with Trevor with Trevor Lawrence in their division. And if the Colts and if the Colts, that's another thing too. I think that's going to go kind of, it's kind of underrated. Like Tennessee really has to be into the mix because if you look at number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence, the Colts and the Texans are likely getting a quarterback. Let's say that they, they don't trade up. You know, they're going to get one of those teams is going to get Bryce young. One of those is going to get their pick of CJ Stroud or will Levis. If you're the Tennessee Titans, you really have to start thinking about what can we trade to get up in that top four? Can we get the top pick? God, the amount of picks that would be coming our way to move down to 11 might actually be 
I don't know. That's one that that's a situation that a lot of people should be keeping an eye on, especially as we move forward, because the Titans don't want to be left out unless they just want to pack it in for this season and wait for um, for uh, Caleb Williams. But we shall see. And we should also see. I'm, I'm assuming, Sammy, that we have some questions uh, coming in. Uh, oh, my gosh. Listen, when Bears Forever is trying to barge into the show, let me know. Uh, look. <laughs> Look into your crystal ball and please predict where the Bears will improve the most next season. Yeah, where do you think they make the biggest jump, Carmen? Well, they need to make a couple of jumps. So, um, I mean, I think that they're probably closer on offense. And I mm. feel like there are a couple of linemen and then a number one receiver away from that being a fully functional, very – productive offense essentially with the with Justin Fields skill set and and uh Luke Getze being the guy that will now be have a year of play calling under his belt and he can tweak the system even further so I would love to see that happen and and for Justin to be the most improved um of anything for the Bears because I think that that could yield the most immediate results if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but other than that I mean you got to get better in pass rush, but like the bar is so low. Yeah. Yeah. The bar is so low that like anything would really be an improvement. (laughs) Yeah. No, well that's, that's what comes to mind for me initially is I think like, you know, at some point last season, this team was averaging 30 points per game. Now it might look a little bit different. There might be some different guys that the bears will be able to rely on next season. But I think the biggest jump is going to be on the defensive line. Cause I think immediately when that free agency window opens or legal tampering or whatever it is, whatever, whatever big name, like serviceable defensive lineman is available is going to end up getting inked to the Chicago bears. I know a lot of people for whatever reason, our friend Stephanie smalls, who's been on this show previously, she was on Twitter asking like, where did this Saquon Barkley to the bears thing kind of stem from? I saw that too. It's it's like snowballing. Yeah. It's, it's bears Twitter just kind of snowballing this thing. And I'm like, look, if they're going to overpay for any position, I don't think it's going to be at the running back position. I think it's going to end up being on the defensive line. There's going to be some players like, obviously I, I, again, pain is not going to likely make free agency. And if he does, he's going to end up in Chicago. It's just, it's just matter of fact. I think a lot of those guys, cause we saw last season, Larry Ogunjobi was one of the first players signed in free agency and the bears nabbed him. And unfortunately it didn't work out with him uh, with the physical, but you know what? The bears are going to fortify that defensive line. They'll end up with a three tack. They'll probably end up with a pass rusher. And it might, even if they're not huge names, even if it's not, I mean, not that Micah Parsons is available, but even if it's somebody where you're not like, well, they didn't just sign Lawrence Taylor, but it's going to be like, no, it's going to be a good player. And if the bears can just get good players, on the defensive front, Matt Eberflus has shown through the course of his his coaching career, he gets the most out of these players and puts them in the best position to succeed. They need NFL quality players at uh, at all starting positions, and we'll see how that goes. So I think that will be the biggest one, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be our biggest leap. So thanks again for Bears fan forever uh, for jumping in there for cutting the line. We really do appreciate it. By the way, I want to remind everybody that even though we're down to the final four teams, you can still play fantasy football and the best place to play fantasy football is underdog fantasy oh it's the easiest way to play in all of fantasy sports it's simple to get started just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app sign up using the promo code sick and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 dollars. that means you put in 100 bucks 
underdog will match your initial deposit up to $100. Of course, if you want to do 50 bucks, they'll do 50. You want to do two, whatever. But I would say you take advantage of it. Uh, go all the way up to a uh, hundred bucks. And by the way, go check it out. Go download the app right now and uh, take a look around. Check out some of the contests they have going on. Uh, there's a lot of fun to be had. I think that, you know, the, the old school way of playing fantasy football is never going to go away. I just think that, you know, instead of playing in 35 fantasy leagues, like somebody like I has to do, uh, <laughs> I think if people have like their one home league, which is a lot of fun. And you play with your friends that you grew up with. And then you also just start playing the props because the props are the most enjoyable, you know, that text threads of my friends, like, Hey, these are what <laughs> I'm doing. And so, you know, you, you think of the, uh, there was somebody this weekend who hit every first first touchdown of all Score, four games. Yeah, got like $74,000 or something oh on a $5 bet. $5 bet. So now everybody with five boxes is going to be like, I got it. I got this. I think it was a free bet too. I think it was one of like the oh. promos where it was like a free bet and it big. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, it, it's awesome. And it's a great way to uh, continue to have some enjoyment as you're watching this. In case you don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, you can sit out there and watch. And by the way, I think these games are going to be fantastic. I Would you I'm agree so with this? I think the four best teams are playing this weekend. Yeah. I don't think that's like, oh, we kind of got rid of every kind of like meh team. I think we did a nice job of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these are the cream has risen to the, to the top because I think like you go back even to the Minnesota New York game, the Giants and Vikings game that I mean, I was there and like I really felt like that game was a toss up. And yeah. whichever team moved on, wasn't going to have a run you know it wasn't going to be the vikings it wasn't going to be the giants and the giants just so happened to pull it out and sure enough they're bounced you know the next round i thought kind of the same thing about the jags when they won like i was super excited to see them win and to see them have success but i didn't know that they were really going to end up having a run especially with given the teams that they had to run through and i mean the bills were probably the biggest team where i was like I, the the bills Bengals game was the one too that i really was looking forward to the most this past weekend because that was going, that was the one where I was like, I don't know which team is really better, which one has a better shot. Like, I really, I didn't think that. And now I feel like I, I feel like that about these games coming up, where I don't know which way it's going to go either way. And I'm so excited for it. No, I am too. And it's funny because when you look at the matchups, you've got obviously you have a, a possible Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, which would be the Andy Reid Bowl. Where you're like, okay, there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of storylines. We love that. You could go Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, what is the other one? Chiefs 49ers, which of course happened a couple of years ago. 49ers going for revenge, getting over on Patrick Mahomes. Of course, Andy Reid going for a second Super Bowl is always going to be a big deal. And uh, and obviously an old school matchup from the 80s, you have the the 49ers and the Bengals, uh, the Bengals made two trips to the Super Bowl during the 1980s. That's right, kids. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl previously <laughs> before last year. Uh, Chris Collinsworth always sits there and bemoans the fact that Joe Montana robbed, robbed them of championship gold, not once, but twice. They were actually beating them in that second contest. And the one that has no storylines and no interest is to me, the one that's the most likely, which is Bengals Eagles. Um, <laughs> I like that one. Who do you think is going to go? Like who, if you had to pick right now, I know it's Tuesday and there's still time to change your mind. Know. But where's your, where, where are you leaning right now? I honestly, I had Bengals Eagles. I think that that yeah. was no, no, no. I put I picked Bengals Niners. I the NFC for as loaded as we all talked about the AFC being prior to the season, 
the yeah. NFC is the one where I have the most questions, which I don't know how yeah. that ended up working out. But right. I mean, both rosters are insane. I do think that maybe I will change it to Eagles just because yeah. I like Brock Purdy again, like he's doing a wonderful job of not losing them games. And San Francisco has gone the hard way in building up a team around him. I feel like you can like, you can really focus on a quarterback or you can like focus on everything else. And like usually teams try to focus on the quarterback, right? Yeah. And the Niners just like went the hard way around and they ended up getting players around Brock Purdy so they can insulate against quarterback performances. But I just don't know if that's enough to get you to the Super Bowl, moreover, win it. Yeah. Whereas if they Jalen do, Hurts is MVP cabin candidate. No, totally. <laughs> and if uh, if the 49ers are successful, look for the Minnesota Vikings to try to emulate that of insulating Kirk Cousins and overcome his deficiencies. But we've got more questions from Bears fan forever, I think. Oh, my gosh. Sounds like Monty isn't coming back next year. Knowing this, would you rather see the Bears draft or sign a running back? And who do you want? Are you hearing that Monty's not coming back? What has changed? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Um, I, both sides, you know, at the end of the season, we're like, we want to have him back. Ryan Poles has never wavered from his stance of, yeah. I'm a big David Montgomery fan. I want to have him back. And I mean, he's not going, we've talked about the, how the running back market is just going to be weird this year as it is. I I have not heard anything about David Montgomery not coming back, but that's not a decision that needs to be made anytime soon. So. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't worry about that too much. And I know that there's players available like, you know, uh, Tony Pollard is expected to be a free agent. Saquon Barkley, we mentioned a moment ago. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to end up staying with the Las Vegas Raiders. So to me, especially if, the draft route, though, I just like it's, it's, if it's they be, being, yeah. well, at that point, so expensive to get one of those guys. Exactly. Like if that's the thing, like if you decided that David Montgomery isn't a player in the future for you and that's fine, like I don't agree with that. But of course, you guys are in the building you make your decisions. I'm not going to argue against you too sternly, but at that point, then draft a guy. Right. Just, might as well just draft you have, one. You can lean on Khalil Herbert. You can obviously lean on Justin Fields and what he can do for the run game as well. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't know that there's going to be a better player that you're going to get for the price that you would get David Montgomery for in yeah. free agency. And so if, if you, if you want to roll the dice in the draft, there's a guy you really liked. I mean, I don't know how far like BJ Robinson falls. If you could, somehow finagle extra picks to move up a little bit to the end of the first round to get him or, you know, if he's going to be available at the top of the second, but, um, no, he's, he's going to the chargers. So <laughs> just count on that happening. They that's, that's one place that they have to improve, but I think bears fan forever. Did you ask another question? This is too much. Ooh. Oh my gosh. We need Corey Wooten to unretire just long <laughs> enough to force old man, Brady and Rogers into retirement, just like he did for, for far. <laughs> I'm in. Actually, I don't care. I love having the old. Listen, I love having the old guys around. I hope they come back. And there's a small part of me that is so insanely jealous about what the Detroit Lions were able to do this season, pushing Aaron. I mean, imagine the feather in your cap. If you're a Lions fan and we, you know, we'll bring back Cynthia Freeland at one point to talk about this. Like they had like such a like they had such an ideal season, like super fun. Fun yep. year, competitive. People talked them up. Uh, they challenged for the playoffs. You know, if, if not for some shenanigans with the officiating up in Seattle, you know, the Lions <laughs> could have been to the playoffs. It might have been a little yeah. bit better. You know, they would have. Yeah. They would have been frisky. You know, they would have had a nice yeah. little spark against. They would have made it. They would have made it believable 
They're like, yeah, maybe they could beat San Francisco. They wouldn't have, but like, <laughs> okay. And they sent yeah. Aaron Rodgers possibly home. Like that's, no. I'm a, I'm a little, like, if you ask me if I would rather have that or the number one pick, I would say the number one pick, but it's still <laughs> super fun. Well, they got, they're a... still in the top 10. I know. I know. Well, that's, yeah, because they got, they traded with the Rams. That's the Rams pick that yes. they have in the top 10. And then they also have their own picks. They have multiple first round picks. Like there's, there's not a better time to be a Lions fan at this point. And honestly, oh. like I almost prefer it for the way it all went down. I just love the storyline of the fact that they had nothing to play for other than spite. And they right. just went out there and they were like, no, if we're what not going to the like- playoffs, you're not either. Like, that's I, I think it would have been like not worse obviously they would have been in the playoffs but I don't think that they would have gone on a run it probably wouldn't have materialized into much other than them being a little bit more frisky um but I just I love the fact that they just like punch these guys in the mouth just because they wanted to not oh, because yeah. they were playing for anything just because they wanted to and like that is the attitude that Dan Campbell has brought that is the culture that he's built these guys all really believe in each other it's a really fun locker room I got to visit up there you know over the course of the season and Everybody just had a good time. It was, you know, during practices and stuff. And they, they just, they had such a good time. And it was yeah. a really, it was really good to see. And that coaching staff, I have a few guys on there and they love coaching for Dan Campbell and they love the guys in the culture. So it's a great time to be a Lions fan. Congratulations. It is. Right? It is. Listen, everything's coming up. Their draft picks look like they've been hitting. They've been doing a really nice job with some of their guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I think Stool is the biggest one. Because like, I remember... Oh, yeah. I was, you know, thinking, and I even suggested it. I'm, I thought that Detroit was going to be making a mistake, not drafting Justin Fields, but Sewell's ended up being a pretty good option. And if they end up with a, a top pick or a top quarterback this season, as you've predicted, um, in your mock draft, then perhaps, you know what, it all worked out for the best for them. So I don't know. I think, uh, we can enjoy the lions for at least maybe one more year. And then eventually we're going to be like, yeah, we hate those guys. Like I'm sick of them. Like I want them to be continually good. (laughs) Could be. And hopefully I want the bears to be in that position. I want people to hate the bears for reasons other than just me. Cause I feel like I'm the guy that like makes people hate the bears. It's like, Mm. oh, ring's so obnoxious. Uh, and if they start winning, I'm going to be even worse. So just prepare yourselves for that. But, uh, how about some other, uh, other questions? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy to see, say the Bengals are the best team in the NFL. They are my pick to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that's crazy at all. No. I think a lot of people have been overlooking what they've been able to do over the last couple of seasons. And you know what? They have a game plan to stop Patrick Mahomes. They've won some mm-hmm. of the big games that they've, they've been in. I know that. Yeah. You know, people are trying to find like they're already trying to wiggle into ways of why the Bengals really aren't as good that people believe them to be. But you know what? No. Gosh, they were so close to winning that Super Bowl last year. I think that if they get into the Super Bowl this year, that they'll they should. I don't know. I I don't want to say that they would be either one. I don't think they would be. I don't know. But I think that they're one. I, I don't think that's crazy at all. No. And I think that it's interesting too, because should they get to the Super Bowl and they have to face either the Eagles or the 49ers like defensive line, for instance, just be given the fact that it's just been a saga with the Cincinnati offensive line last year, there wasn't one to be had this year. They made some changes. They brought in some guys, my guy, Alex Kappa, but then he gets hurt. They got multiple linemen down at this point. I don't know if they would be ready to go for the Super Bowl, but even if they're not, this is the scary part is that doesn't matter for Joe Burrow. He yeah. like he took 23 sacks or whatever it was in the playoffs last year alone, like the postseason alone. And like he still made things happen. 
And so I'm like, you go against these really formidable defensive lines whose reputations precede them before they even get to the game. But like, Joros just like, I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm still going to make things happen. He's got his buddy Jamar Chase with him, which I think makes everything so much more fun and comfortable for him for that matter. And I like, I'm, I'm team Shicey. I've decided like since the, since I witnessed the, uh, the Bengals beat down the Bills at this bar and just upset like hundreds of Bills fans. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm team Shiesty. I just, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's got like, he's, he's just a really good player and he's a really indication as to what the future I think holds for the league and Patrick Mahomes can't seem to get past him. So. Yeah. And if you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC right now, you got Burrow Mahomes, obviously Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, we have, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, maybe yeah. uh, for a little bit, at least, you know, for the next couple of weeks, we still have Lamar yeah. Jackson in the AFC. And I really do believe that, you know, you know, as much as everybody talks about Josh Allen, I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to start, start moving up, moving up the rankings. Cause I already would have Burrow and Mahomes ahead of Josh Allen. I know that's <laughs> blasphemy and everybody loves Buffalo and a lot of you play fantasy football and you get all those rushing yards and you think, think he's the greatest but at some point i even said this after the bears played him i'm like i like josh allen but i'm like the other two the other three quarterbacks who are going to be in the quarterfinals that sort of sort of interests me a little bit more but it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to see the way that that shakes out in the coming years uh how about another question though sammy uh so i'm assuming mike evans so we're talking tight end or so a tight end, okay, both. Yeah, let's do both of them. Uh, <laughs> Mike Evans, if he became available at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, did decide to move on. I Let me ask you this, though, because every time that I bring up Mike Evans' name, people will be like, well, I want a, I want a re- receiver who creates separation. Like, I, I'm sorry, is Mike Evans garbage? Did I miss this? Like, what is, why would people not want Mike Evans? He doesn't need separation. This man is 6'5", and he, <laughs> like, he's a, wonderful red zone target very productive in the red zone like you'll see and he's yardage wise too i mean this is a guy that has started his career he set the nfl record for most seasons to start a career with a thousand yards or more like he is productive in every which way you possibly could be productive he is that true number one traditional x receiver and he works his butt off and i think he's like he makes himself open he plays bigger than he even is which is insane given like i said he's six five and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Obviously, I spent a lot of time with him in Tampa. He's a friend, and he just does everything the right way. He's a complete asset in the locker room. I mean, he is just, he wants to bring people together. And I feel like in, in the media, he probably like doesn't come off as jovial and fun as he really is. Um, he doesn't like, he doesn't like all the attention. He does so many things for charity that go completely under the radar. I mean, I remember like having to yell at him and be like, can we, can we find out like when you're doing this stuff so we can like shine some light on it? He's like, well, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm like, we know, but I would love yeah. to know if they're like, you're, you're going to a community center today and I would love to be able to cover that for you. So like he's, that has nothing to do with how he is in the field, but the way that he plays is it's tough. And he, I know he's had some issues with drops. Um, I know that's probably the biggest knock against him, but this this year was a, a really weird year where we just didn't see him and Tom on the same page after being on the same page the prior years. Yeah. So I I don't think I think that there were 
extenuating circumstances there. And I wouldn't be too concerned with that because when it counts, especially in the red zone, which is where the bears could stand to improve. Yeah. He's the guy you want to go to. No, I love him. I think he's a, a tremendous player and everybody who tries to knock or tear him down. I just won't listen to it. I think, he, I think he'd be a huge asset for the Chicago Bears. And Mike Kosicki, who is a receiving first tight end, yeah. I don't really mind that as much because I think that Cole Komet kind of fills the role of a guy who does block. And if they wanted to bring in a player who was going to add some blocking ability, then, then, then probably Austin Hooper, who I I think is going to be a free agent this season, uh, would be somebody that I would certainly take a look at if he was available. But Kosicki, why, why not? Again, why not all of them? Like, there's no... There's no reason why they can't sign a bunch of these players. They are going to have to get to the salary floor, uh, which is going to be a huge deal for them as well. So the Bears have some money to play with. I like both those guys. Yeah. And so uh, why why, why choose? Uh, and why choose another question? Because we want to answer them. Uh, hey, guys, give us your three scorching hot takes Thanks for the Bears this offseason. Oh you know, Joel, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we, will, we will work on these because I want them to be credible. And mm-hmm. now that we know what you want to hear, we're going to give you three scorching hot takes for the bears next week. When we do this That's show, I, uh, you know what? Cause I don't want to just, I don't want to, I, I don't want to shortchange you and I want to no. have some thought into this. And I do want to ask some, ask around mm-hmm. and uh, talk mm-hmm. to some more people. So we will come up with some scorching hot takes. I love that question. I do and, too. Uh, again, it's good to have homework. So we will come up with three scorching hot takes. Now, maybe, maybe Sammy will even draw an animation. Like we can, mm-hmm. we'll do it up. Uh, we'll do a thing and, uh, that'll be a segment next week. Thanks for the Thanks, Joel. We will certainly do that. How about another question though? Uh, how do you think polls will do now that he, that he reports to Warren versus George? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know how much of a difference it makes. I still think that, that, uh, John Warren was the guy who is going to help us, you know, get the stadium and do a lot of the other things. I think that Ryan polls is just going to be out there doing his thing. I don't think that there's any. I don't anticipate any issues. I don't anticipate any sort of power struggles. I think that everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine. Uh, I don't know, but you're in that you're in the building more than me, Carmen. What do you think about that? Well, it is interesting that they shifted power from you know or oversight, I should say, uh, because places I've been and the way that I've seen everything operate again is the business side is very separate from the football side, and the team president, the GM, doesn't usually report to the team president. That's what's going to happen now. But Kevin Warren has a football background. And so he, he was involved in contracts and football administration with Alliance. He started his own sports agency back in the day and he repped, you know, he repped players. Actually, his first client was a former bear. Um, and I thought that was a really fun story to have that come full circle for him. But I think that he's going to make decisions with a football lens, even on the business side, because for him to say that he has, I mean, he does, he ha- he's uh, over both football and business. But to be able to focus on both of those sides, I don't think is realistic. Like that is just biting off more than any one person can chew. So I do think that they trust Ryan Poles enough to have autonomy in those decisions. But what it also tells me, though, is that Kevin Warren is going to be looking at business decisions through a football lens, through a football first lens. Like, is this going to like, is this revenue going to be able to be used as resources that we can pour back into the team? And when you have a really cohesive kind of front office like that, that's, those are the teams that do well is mm-hmm. when you kind of pour these resources that you get back into the team, you, you build them, you know, better facilities or you bring in, you know, better chefs or you bring in sports performance and all that yeah. kind of stuff, all that costs money. And if the 
franchise isn't making as much money as they feel like they need to to make that happen, then that's where teams start kind of cutting costs and whatever it is. But if he knows that he's, you know, over football and he has to answer to football still, Kevin Warren, um, and atone for his decisions with football, I think that makes you operate on the business side even differently, which is honestly, I think, a good thing. So I'll be very interested to see how this all works in cohesion together. But I do think that it also means they have a lot of trust in Ryan Foles, because like I said, I don't anticipate Kevin Warren having any sort of pull with practice squad elevations or roster tur- like that, that. that's still Ryan Poles. And I have to imagine that's going to be like, you know, he's going to have the autonomy on that side of the ball because or on that side of the building because it's too much for one person. Yeah. When you look at it too, like I, I know a lot of people are familiar with Las Vegas and things like that. One of the things that's really hurt Las Vegas hospitality wise is we have too many bean counters, like eliminating things that are nice perks for people, you know, yeah. comps, free buffets, free shows, even getting rid of shows and things like that. When you go from a pure, uh, a pure CPA point of view, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like your Jubilee ballroom show might not be bringing in revenue per se, but you know what? That's what you do. That's those comps bring in the whales who allow their spouses to go to those shows and do it. And it's like, it all equals out. And I think that, you know, if Ryan pulls us in a situation where, you know, we need to increase the scouting budget, like Kevin Warren at least is like, yeah, I understand. Like, we'll, we'll do that. Where right. Ted Phillips might've been like more bottom line. Like how, are, how is this making us money? Right. Like, and you have to explain to him, like, well, by winning, we'll make us more money. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's, that's the cure all. And that's the dirty little secret of the NFL and, and, and of these clubs is there is absolutely no substitute for winning. That's, yeah. it comes down to that. You can spend as much as you want on a marketing budget. You can have the greatest campaign ever try to entice people into, you know, to come to those games, to spend money on merchandise, all that other stuff, sponsors to come in, whatever it is, there is no substitute for winning. That is the best marketing strategy you can have. No, absolutely. There's nothing that beats it. And I think that the bears have kind of aligned themselves with a pretty good opportunity to uh, increase in all areas of the business, especially, you know, getting stadiums and purchasing land and stuff like that. It shows that the bears are now forward thinking, understanding the way that the NFL works, which is, you know, that's kind of like, you know, we hadn't seen that, but I mean, when really, no, I'm honestly, we hadn't really seen that before. So it should be seen as I see it as a positive and I think it'll end up uh, working out pretty well. Do we have another question though? Ah, uh, oh, Joey, right. Uh, with this weekend's Royal Rumble. This is, on- this is your territory. Yeah. Who would win in the Royal Rumble of the bears locker room? If I was thinking of it, who would have the best opportunity? I think that number one, you wouldn't, I think Jack, I think Jack Sanborn has the kind of Dan, uh, Brian Danielson. Yes. Movement type of situation where, you know what the fans have kind of rallied around him undrafted free agent, perhaps the best story. I think that, you know, Justin Fields would go out there and he'd be protected by Sam Mustafer and then end up getting tossed out of the ring you know, just because, you know, the offensive line would break down. So I think Jack Sanborn would have probably the best opportunity, the hometown favorite. Of course, the WWE Royal Rumble, uh, Sami Zayn. If Sami Zayn does not win the Royal Rumble and not go on and be the guy who eventually ends Roman Reigns, I mean, I thought it was going to be Cody for the longest time, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, unfortunately, because I like Cody on a personal level, I'm a friend of his. But also on a professional level, it looks like Sami Zayn has got to be the guy storyline-wise. So I'll go with Jack Sanborn. 
as Carmen has checked out. I can't leave on that question, although thank you, Joey. <laughs> oh, Thanks for right. joining us, Joey. All right. One more, you know one the, more? Only reason, the only reason I knew who Roman Wayne Roman Reigns is is because he was in that uh Sean Hobbs Fast and Furious movie with The Rock. He was like one of the Rock's like cousins. Yeah. From He's back really in American Samoa. Cousins. That's the only reason I know who Roman Reigns is. Uh okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I didn't see what time it was. We're gonna end it there. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who, oh gosh, uh, sick, sick podcast, podcast series. When uh, we'll start that, we'll start that after the Super Bowl. So next week we're going to be going out. We're going to be doing our scorching hot takes. Going to get those out of the way. We're going to have three scorching hot takes for the, for the off season coming up. That'll be for you next week. And then we will start doing some of the mock draft series. What we're going to start doing is poking around too. We've had some invitations out to some people who've already done mock drafts to come in. So we'll have some special episodes uh, coming up pretty soon. We're going to have Ian Kenyon come on at some point. Hopefully Daniel Jeremiah will, will join us as well. So we're going to start reaching out to some of those people who do mock drafts and uh, start really diving into those and see, you know, what everybody's thinking. I, and by the way, I implore everybody, stop. I know somebody, I forget who mentioned this online. So I, I'm sorry for the person on Bear's Twitter who's like, you know, it might have been Jacob Infante. Was like, hey, don't go overboard with the mock simulations. Like, life is not like a Madden sim. So, realize you have to have a reasonable expectation for what's going to return. We we've seen what what first round picks bring. We know what it does. So, just chill out. You're not. We're not trading down 15 times in the first round. We're not ending <laughs> up with 15 first round picks. I'm just telling you, this is not going to happen. So, uh, but in any event, Carmen, thank you so much for being here. What do you got on the horizon for Fox? Oh my gosh. Bears Bears. What, what number are we even We're on? Super right Bowl now? champions. Um, they might not win the Super Bowl next year, but I I feel like they're going to be in the Super Bowl within the next four years. Super Bowl 60? 40 sure. years after. Yeah, let's do Super Bowl 60. Bears <laughs> Super Bowl 60 champions. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, what I have coming up actually is, is the Super Bowl. So I am going out to Phoenix on the 5th. And I'll be doing Ooh, all of the the opening night, Radio Row. I'll be at the games, all that kind of stuff. It'd be great. No, that's going to be awesome. We can't get into Radio Row, but maybe next year. Fingers crossed at some point you'll see uh, the sick team out there on Radio Row. But I want to thank everybody who joined us here this evening. Next week, three hot takes. We will have a mock draft series coming up very soon. We'll start that after the Super Bowl. I want to thank everybody who joined us tonight, who asked questions, who played along, had a good time. We keep sitting here. We're like, listen, we'll be here for a half hour. We'll get out of here. But it always feels like uh, <laughs> can never stop talking. And it's always a lot of fun. And uh, we appreciate everybody who's joining us, spreading the word. Make sure you like and subscribe the YouTube page and on Facebook and all that stuff. And if you're listening to us as a podcast, please subscribe. Please rate. Five stars would be amazing if possible. But in any event, we thank each and every okay. one of you. And so uh, until next week, we'll see you. Bear down. And uh, Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.